Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Our mission statement at Edge Got In is to champion your human potential in Christ. We are the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ, emotional intelligence in Christ project, which can be explored at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Today's topic is entitled Embrace the Thrill of Surrender. At the end of today's podcast, it's our intention that you'll have some time to at least plant a seed. And as we're told in Galatians 6, 7 through 8, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. The one who sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. How do we get there? Through the archway of surrender. I was inspired again, which many of these podcasts come from my own inspirations throughout Earth School. I'll read something, I'll hear something, and the Holy Spirit will say, hmm, that's a good topic that might be of assistance to some other brothers and sisters going through this experience of life, sometimes within the storms, sometimes not knowing, sometimes feeling um, overwhelmed. The world screams, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And God whispers. So let us quiet our chatter, our to-do list. Just take a break, step back, and allow your spirit to override the flesh as we go through this podcast topic, which is a very powerful one, the thrill of surrender. I was inspired by a sermon that was given by Bishop Barron, and I actually came across it written down. I read through it and it stopped me in my tracks. So perhaps something within this sermon will be able to stop you in your tracks for God's mighty work. Let's jump in and name the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sweet Jesus, wow. Give us the grace to experience the thrill of surrender. We, we live in a society that grips a hold so tightly. We grab a hold of our reputations. We grab a hold of our to-do list. We grab a hold of people's opinions, our own opinion of ourselves. We have an insatiable desire to feel as if we are in control of our lives. And we're triggered into a space of frustration and anxiety and overwhelm when we start to feel out of control. What's the solution, Lord? Lead us into today's topic of how we can become free from ourselves, our need to be in control, our need to have relationships that we feel um, build us up. It's great to have those relationships, Lord, but wow, it'd be so cool if we didn't have to have them to know our worth and value in you. So give us victory in the area of surrender and lead us on, Lord. For without you, we are nothing. And with you, all things are possible. Give us the grace of victory over strong emotions that cause us to grip a hold of our own internal ego in certain situations. Help us to let it go, God. 
and to step out of the constructs of our ego into the limitless large space of your power that dwells within us, which enables us to be able to access things we could never access on our own. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm reading through the New Testament, and and I'm at the point of Ephesians right now, uh, a very powerful book to the people in Ephesus. And I'm as I'm reading through, I, I paused on Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty, which says, "Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine, to him be glory." in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. The part that really landed within my heart, and perhaps it will land on your heart too, is this. To him, by the power at work within us, who is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ever ask or imagine. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ of Nazareth from the grave, living within us. This power is at work within us to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. And when we link it to the truth in Philippians 2.13, which says, for it is God who works within us both to will and to act according to his good purposes. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What is the common thread here? God has good things in store for you today. No matter what you're going through, God has abundantly more than you can ask or imagine prepared for you in advance for you to step into. So what prevents us from that freedom, that thrill of surrender, as our title suggests? It's a thrill of surrender. So lean into some of these words from Bishop Barron, who took a deeper dive into Ephesians 3.20. And let's see what we find with the Holy Spirit. Perhaps the greatest values of modernity are autonomy, self-direction, and freedom of choice, meaning modern day life. Our autonomy, self-direction, and freedom of choice. We feel it's our sovereign right to determine our identity, to pursue happiness as we see fit. In accordance with the basic freedom, we can choose to join certain organizations, political parties, or social clubs, provided that they conform to our expectations. The moment they don't, we feel utterly entitled to abandon them and try something new. Our autonomy self-direction, and freedom of choice. Now, as far as it goes, this is a valid intuition. For there is indeed a legitimate arena in which self-determination holds sway. But problems arise when we attempt to transfer this to our relationship with God. In regard, in regard to the things of the Spirit, the prior choice always belongs to God. Jesus told his disciples in a line that always takes my breath away. 
you did not choose me, but I chose you in John 15, 16. To put this in context, this is John 15. This is another declaration of Jesus' identity. The first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ is identity in Christ. And Jesus declares at least seven times in the Gospel of John, I am his identity. One of his declarations occurs in the chapter, uh, chapter 15 of the Gospel of John, when he says, I am the vine, you are the branch. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And later on in this chapter, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So he's calling us into a mission, a purpose. And in a purpose, we, be, we, we come alive. It's when we don't have a purpose that we start to drift it's like what Newman talks about in terms of the rivers, that if, if there are not strong banks in a river, and I love to fly fish, and as the banks become a little shoddy in terms of they're low and so the water's spilling out, there's less flow and less uh, current and strength in the river. But with strong banks, it actually guides the strength of the river through an open area. And if we don't have that within us, that inner guide or those banks from the Holy Spirit within us to give us that strength, then we will drift. And we'll surrender to whatever the next shiny object is, rising and falling, depending on how the world judges us at that time. So this phrase from John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit. We're told that it's the fruit that God has prepared in advance for us to step into. It's not the fruit, it's not the fruit that the world says, hey, take a bite of this back in the garden of Genesis chapter one or Genesis chapter three. It's the fruit of God, it's the strong banks of the Holy Spirit that keep the flow within us, that sense of purpose and meaning flowing through us. When we truly, truly believe, my friends, that God has prepared in advance, good works for us to do. And that's the reason for which our heart beats. We can move with haste, as Elizabeth, as Mary did, moving with haste to Elizabeth because she had purpose to deliver the Son of God into the world. She moved with haste. Anytime that we have purpose and we're living life on purpose, we move with haste. We're not just meandering without any direction, kind of spilling over in the bank and become a stagnant pool of water. When we know that we know that we have purpose in Christ, that empowers us and gives us the ability to move with haste and to know that Jesus chose us. He chose you. He has a specific purpose for you. And that's where the thrill comes in, the thrill of surrendering to that purpose. The com completion of this particular piece of scripture, Jesus actually sends us forth with his command. Once again, his command is very simple. Love one another. That's what I command you to do. Love one another. We exist and breathe and live and think because our existence, our breath, our life, and our mental capacity have been willed into being by the power of God. 
whatever we chose to do, whatever we do choose to do, because he's given us the gift of choice, whatever we choose to do with those powers that work within us is predicated upon the, the prior and greater choice of God to gift them to us. He is the one who has gifted us these gifts to use for his purposes. That leads to an important spiritual truth. Your life is not about you. It is indeed your life, but your life has been given by another and exists finally for his purposes. Paul tells the Ephesians, the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we could ask or imagine. The thrill of the spiritual life, my friends, is to surrender to that power, that will, necessarily take us where we do not want to go at times, as it will, as Jesus spoke to Peter when he restored him. You'll be led sometimes where you don't want to go. And yet, if we're playing the infinite game of life, not the finite game of life, our goal is eternity. So many times we will not receive the reward here in earth school. But yet when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and we know we're not living for the things of this world, we are passing through to do one thing. What is it? Jesus laid it out pretty simply. Love each other. That's it. That's it. Love each other. Now, there's a lot of intricacies with that because the ego screams and claws for space and time and recognition and power and control. It's weak. It's small. The ego is very small. It gets embarrassed. It's afraid. It doubts. It compares. It gets jealous. It envies. It gets suspicious. This is where Satan slithers around. Why did they say it like that? What did they really mean? Well, they didn't invite you. So obviously they don't really care about your relationship. Watch out. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist and lean into the thrill of surrender to God. The biblical authors insist in season and out that as long as we rest our lives on our own egos, we will never find joy. Only when we can say with Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me, can we experience liberation. Only when we know in our bones that our lives are not about us, only when we acknowledge that there is a power at work within us that is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or, or imagine, can we truly be saved from ourselves, from fear, self-doubt, worry, the smallness of the ego, the space where Satan dwells and just waits to trap us. And what the Bible proposes over and over again as a means to this realization is the spiritual exercise of coming to terms with our own weakness, debility, our insufficiency, 
this is designed, of course, not to depress us, but to decenter us and thus to free us. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. What is the yoke of slavery? The yoke of slavery is sowing to please the flesh. It always leads in destruction, my friends. Destructions of our sense of self, our identity, our sense of purpose, our banks get run over. We become stagnant pools of water, especially in the midst of trying to be the boss of our own identity and purpose. Stagnation. When we rest on ourselves and our own ego accomplishments, we live in what the spirit masters have called pusilla anima, the little soul, the soul precisely as wide as the contours of the ego. But when we are rooted not in ourselves, but in the divine power that animates the cosmos, we live in the magna anima, the great soul whose breath is measureless. Where do you stand today, my friends, when it comes to your relationship with surrendering your will into God's will? As Mary so brilliantly did when she surrendered up, not my will, yours be done. Even though I do not understand this, as you can imagine, a young girl being told what she was told. I don't understand this, and it's okay. May it be done to me according to your will. And instantly, her purpose was resurrected to the front lines, and the thrill of surrender moved her to set out in haste. To Elizabeth, her cousin, she didn't waste any time. When you know God's purpose, and starting with that place of surrender, she didn't know all the details. At that point, she knew one thing, God was in charge, and she surrendered to that charge. So what is it for you today that is holding you in the confines of the ego, in the contours of your ego? What is it that is holding you back today? Your need to be right, understood, liked the need to know how things are going to turn out in the future, the desire to understand the past, why things happened as they did, God invites you here now in the present moment. Make a declaration of availability as Moses did in Exodus chapter 3. God called Moses' name. Here I am, Lord. As soon as he took a step toward the bush, toward God, God spoke and laid out a purpose. He didn't understand it, and yet he was willing to go. Same thing with Abraham. Same thing with the disciples. If you haven't already got hooked on The Chosen, I highly recommend it. I'm watching it for the third time. I'm in the second season. The third season has already started, and there's several episodes that are linked to the third season already. The producers and the people on the set 
including historians and a rabbi and evangelist and a theologian. They've done a magnificent job putting together what we could imagine it must have been like when Jesus walked the earth. But again, it's the surrender. The disciples did it as well. The thrill of surrender. I have no Where are you going? I have no idea. And I know that God is in charge and he's leading me. You know, because as you take a step, you'll feel freedom. You'll start to feel a thrill as Mary did when she was moved within into her purpose. So be attentive, my friends. There's a power that works within us and it's able to accomplish abundantly far more than we could ever ask or imagine. In order for us to truly enter this, it's essential that we release, we let go of our own insufficiencies, our own weaknesses, so that we could be free and run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Give them heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side slithering around. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, sweet Jesus, we thank you for this lesson on the thrill of surrender. Help us to realize that it is worth our investment, our time, our attention, and our will to allow you to teach us. What does this mean for us? Show us, dear God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, how we can surrender ourselves to you to the point of having that thrill of purpose. Give us the grace to stay in the confines of the banks that you've set around us. Your word of God, which is constantly guiding us forward, giving us details, little glimpses that we see just through a, a glimpse it's blurred. We do not see fully face-to-face. -face. Soon we shall see face-to-face. -face. For now, we surrender ourselves to you. All of our fears, not knowing, our need for control, our need to understand, we just toss it all into your lap, Lord. Give us that grace of the magna anima, the great soul whose breath is measureless. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Enjoy your gift of life today, and you can visit us at edgegodin.com to see the scriptures that go along with today's lesson. Take some time to write down what your top three takeaways are from today, and bring that before the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he wants you to do with that.